Welcome to the Weekend Warriors podcast. I'm your host, Mike Humes, a.k.a. as some of you might know, Big Money Mike. And I'm here co-hosting with... Your boy, Eddie Quinones, or as some of you might know in the league, say Quantum Leap. Yeah. Eddie, it's kind of cool that me and you are doing a podcast together, considering every time me and you play fantasy... You are always my Achilles heel yeah, every bro, single I got, time. I got your number is what it's I have. Ba- basketball, football, baseball. It's it's going to be a nice change of pace because anytime I'm facing you, it's like, oh, here we freaking go. <laughs> yeah, man. I think anytime I've ever faced you in literally anything and it means something, it's I win. And it, it gets me excited. So hopefully – Towards the end of the season, we're in the playoffs. I uh, I get to see you first, second round, you know, because um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a for sure dub for me, you know. So oh, okay. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Oh, yeah. All right. All right, everybody. Well, so with this podcast, uh, quick little thing. There's a good mix of guys that I and myself and Eddie do podcasts with, whether that's through Nick, Nate, Eddie, um, I think Sean as well. So, but there's also a good mix of guys that I do fantasy with on a separate league, AKA my dad, uh, my brother, Scott, who also does fantasy with uh, me and Eddie and Nate and Nick as well. Um, My two good friends, Dylan and Dylan, Dylan Neal and Dylan Gerlock and Dylan Gerlock's roommate, Coda, who I have not done fantasy with. So I'm really curious to see, uh, how he does, and also a newcomer that I've not done fantasy with. Is his name Benny Harris, or is it? I don't even know. Every time I look on group message, it's either Benny or it's Sherv. I'm not. It's sure. his know? name is Sherv, but he he puts all his names in most of his leagues and stuff as Benny Harris. I know him as Sherv because that's what Nate refers to him. Nate's known him for a while, so Sherv is what I've always heard his name. So we're just gonna go with Sherv. Gotcha. Cool. Well, just a quick little intro. This is probably maybe my, oh, I don't even know, fifth year of doing fantasy. I love it. It's my favorite hobby. I consider myself a full-time fantasy owner and a part-time, what you want to call, house manager assistant with the group home that I work at. So fantasy sports is a place where we can bullshit, we can smack talk. And it's just a really good outlet for me. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, it's kind of been the same for me. I've I've been doing fantasy for I would say seriously for maybe like four years. I'd say just in total, probably like six years. Um, I think the, the biggest league that that really got me going into fantasy, and it's a, it's a league that you've been in for a while too with us, is is the best player wins league. And I think yep. ever since then, it's it's just kind of snowballed into now so many leagues i think i'm in six fantasy football leagues um, yeah it's crazy so i mean i co-manage a couple with with a few other people from some of our other leagues and stuff but yeah it's it's something that it makes football season even more exciting um one thing that i ran into this weekend and i was watching is i hate cowboys the eagles and washington i'm a giants fan but I drafted some players from those teams. So it makes it really hard for me to root against them, but also root for them at the same time. So I think it makes it really exciting. So 
Oh, yeah. I mean, that's fantasy for you. I, I yeah. love Juju Smith-Schuster, but I'm not going to reach for him because he's, well, I don't know. He's not the greatest fantasy player, but you always like to have at least one or two of your home guys on your yeah, team you, for sure. You want to home it. And when I got the chance to take Saquon on the turn, I said, I can't. I can't give it up. So I took him there. But No, sir. And we'll definitely oh, yeah. talk about Saquon later in the podcast. Oh, yeah. So quick little thing. I'll just kind of introduce everybody who is in our league. Like I mentioned before, me, myself, Eddie, Scott, Nick, Nate, and Sean are all in the best player wins league, which, by the way, Nate and Eddie also do a podcast on that. So if you want to check that out, go for it. It's great. I believe this is what your second year of doing it. It's always Mm -hmm. a fun time. So check that out. It's on Spotify. If you want to know the link or whenever it's up, just let me know and I will let you guys know. Uh, And then on the flip side, I also do my own personal league. It is the League of Ordinary Gentlemen, and I do that league with Dylan Neal, Dylan Gerlock, Scott, my dad, and my brother. So it's a nice little combo mix of everybody. I think it's going to be fun to get a little bit more competitive with other people because, like, I mean, Eddie, me and you do so many leagues with a lot oh, of the same people. Yeah. So it's, I think it's going to be a nice little change of pace. Yeah, that's something that I was really interested in this league. I think it's uh, some new faces, which I'm excited about. Um, just because we have probably the the same route of six to eight people across most of our leagues. Um, so to get some new faces in here and, and, and get some different competition will definitely be really exciting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, to get things started, well, we're going to go over the draft recap a little bit. And week one, talk a little bit about segments, about uh, certain running backs we like, the rookie quarterbacks. We'll get into all of it as we go. But with the draft recap, Eddie, was there any particular team that you just found while they drafted really good? I think uh, I played them this week, so it hurt me a little bit. But Sherv or Benny Harris, as he goes by on here, um, I think his team's pretty solid up and down the board. I think he had some solid, a solid performance by most of his players. He obviously, there's a couple players that I think were some question marks that I really wasn't too big of a fan of. Um, with that being Sony Michelle was one of those guys that I just really mm. wasn't sure how he was going to produce on that offense um, and, and what exactly he was going to do just because Damian Harris seems to be the big workload guy for them. Um, yeah. But overall, I think he I think he did a really good job. His wide receiving core is tremendous. Uh, mm-hmm. His running backs, he took Dalvin Cook, which is obviously is, it's a no-brainer. It's one of the best running backs in the game. And I think Joe Mixon, who's going to have a breakout year this year, I think he's – I wouldn't actually say breakout. It's not the proper word I'm looking for. But I think he's, he's going to have a year that people are kind of expecting him to have. You know, I don't think he's really going to get hurt. So I think he'll have a really solid year. Um and we'll talk a little bit more about him once we go into the overview section of week one. But, uh, yeah, I think he had a really solid team. Uh, what about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything. Just to kind of, like, briefly talk about Benny Harris's team. I mean, you're not going to go wrong having Dallin Cook, Joe Mixon, D-Hop, and Amari Cooper. I mean, those four right there are going to carry his team pretty far, I think. Especially Hopkins and Cooper. I mean, I, I don't think it's a shot that they're going to get – 
140 targets. I, I can easily see that. Uh, but one team that I really thought drafted very well, and it's kind of ironic and funny because he really does not like to trade at all. And that's my dad. And he's always pride himself on drafting a good team. He might make a move once or twice in the year, but he likes to stick to his team. But to kind of go over his team, this is a super flex league, so I'll just kind of go over the quarterbacks. He's got Tom Brady where, I mean, he looks like he's freaking 35 years old again. And then he's got Jared Goff who, let's face it, I don't think he's going to be a top 15 quarterback, but I Mm -hmm. think he could put up top 15 numbers. I think it's going to be very similar to how Matt Stafford was. Garbage time, 50 yards. So that's a little sneaky good play. And then he's got Trey Lance just waiting on the cusp of whenever he starts. It's a good quarterback room. Aaron Jones, Kareem Hunt at running backs. He took the best wide receiver in Devontae Adams. Tyler Lockett, who's always such a big boom. Uh, Sometimes bust player, but hey, when he's on it and he has a boom day, that's that's – that's a good uh, piece to have. Darren Waller, he's probably right there with Travis Kelsey in terms of just overall best tight end. He puts up wide receiver one numbers. Can't beat that. Robbie Anderson, he's another player who's very underrated. But with Sam Darnold in the fold now, I can expect Anderson's numbers to be about the same as last year, maybe even better. Jarvis Landry, who it looks like is still Baker's number one target. He's not going to put up big-time numbers, but you can expect him to get you that 10 points, maybe 12 points. So, overall, I really liked his team. Uh, it's still really early, but in terms of drafting, I think he did it pretty well. And we'll see how he goes. So, Eddie, let's talk about week one. You lost, huh? Unfortunately, man, it was a rough – it was a rough week. Um, just had a couple players that didn't perform to what I really expected them to. And it also doesn't help that uh, Sherb had four players, five players over 20 points. So, I mean, his team just absolutely went off. So, you know, it's even wild. Yeah, what's even more crazy about Sherb is I believe he was the second highest scorer and he didn't even have a quarterback in his uh, super flex spot. Yep. His defense put up minus one points and Sonny Michelle with a big fat 0.2 yeah. points. So, yeah, I mean, if he puts in Kirk Cousins over, well, he would have to flip it around, put Gordon in over Sonny Michelle, put Cousins in. Yeah. it's If he makes some adjustments on that lineup, I mean, it would have been even more embarrassing of a loss. I think going through the uh. year, he he definitely makes some adjustments to that lineup and he fixes some of those some of those holes that I've mentioned and that I've talked about and his team could be very scary. So oh yeah, absolutely. I lost two to the team that I said I really liked his draft, and that's my dad. And don't get me wrong, I I'm not hearing the end of it still. <laughs> at all. Yeah. It is what it is. I I I'd still believe that I have a solid enough team. I Jamar Chase and Antonio Brown. Uh, together put up about 44 points so that was really cool to see mm-hmm. little disappointed with Derrick Henry and Najee Harris but that's going to be expected when you're a run heavy team yeah defenses are going to come and stack the box 
I believe Harris will be just fine. I think as the season progresses, he's going to get more comfortable. He's going to get more targets. Overall, a little disappointing on my side, but I'm not terribly worried about it. So let's go over the matchups. So we'll talk about mine again. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad, he beat me 179.58 to 151.82. And then we have Nick versus Sean and... Nick pulled off the victory on that with a big performance by Kyler Murray. I traded Kyler Murray in a different league, and I'm I'm regretting it. A horrible decision. Well, he, it was for Josh. It was for Josh Allen. Still, a, listen. If you look yeah. at my rankings coming into the year, Josh Allen ain't cranking that. Josh Allen is at my five or six. Kyler Murray's probably wow. at like three. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Josh yeah, Allen's a great look. quarterback, but I just it, it was just something coming into this year that I just – I wasn't sold yet 100% on him. So. True. Uh, yeah, I can agree with that. But yeah. Nick, the Unicorns and Rainbow what – a, what a name, Nick. You drive me wild. Beats Sean, a draft to remember. And then we had Benny absolutely crushing your hopes of getting a week one victory. 50 points. 50 points. 50 points. And he had a yep. dud at his flex and negative that is rape. That is defense. So obviously I got a little bit of work to do. Mm-hmm. One of the best matchups, uh, Nate versus Dakota newbies, never met each other, never done fantasy with, but it was a close one. Uh, Dakota won 159.34 to Nate's 152.72. And if you think about it, Ryan Fitzpatrick never got hurt. This could have been a totally different scenario. Oh, yeah. Nate, Nate's team's another team that I really like myself. Yeah. Um, obviously, the big question mark now is is that quarterback position, just because with Fitzpatrick hurt, he obviously has to move Lamar up into that flex spot, and we'll see. Hopefully, that, that situation with some of those quarterbacks will work out. He does have Carson Wentz on the bench. He had a pretty solid game, so I think he moves him up into that spot, and I think he'll be pretty solid. Um but again, that's another team that I really like. Yeah, especially whenever Justin Fields does take over. I think his quarterback spot will be fine once that happens. But mm-hmm. who knows whenever Fields does get the full start. We'll talk a little bit more about Justin Fields and Trey Lance uh, later in the podcast. So, But, yeah, this team's really good. Yeah. Uh, and let's see. So you teach me to football. That is Dylan Gerlock. He played Scott. And Dylan got a comfortable win of 28 points, led by a big performance of TJ Hawkinson, 25.7 points. He's definitely going to be the big target in Detroit, no question about it. And then Dylan Neal, my best buddy, smoked my brother. Team, thanks a lot versus Chase Young Kids. What a freaking name, Jake. (laughs) I'm going to have to ask. I wonder if that's a TikTok thing. I know, Eddie, you mentioned that. That is oh, a huge yeah. TikTok thing. But, you know, what's funny, though, is the one big performance of Jake's team, well, actually two, Christian McCaffrey and the usual suspect that's always underrated, Adam Thaleen, with 30.2 points. Yeah, man, I I was watching that game because in uh, a couple other of my leagues, I have Justin Jefferson. And... Mm-hmm. I just kept seeing Adam Thielen get peppered with balls. Like he just kept getting every reception. Anytime I looked up, dude was catching a touchdown. I was like, 
wow. I was like, he's having a monster game. And he did with 30.2 points. So he absolutely yeah. went off. Yeah, I, I believe that Justin Jefferson will still finish as the top receiver there. But that's a thing with Adam Thielen. He he's a touchdown, he's a touchdown guy, that's for sure. No question about it. Yeah. So that's our week one recap. We'll kind of get into a little bit more of it on the next podcast because we wanted to talk about the draft recap a bit. So we're going to talk into our next segment, and that is the rookie quarterback situation. If you are a fantasy owner and you drafted Trey Lance and Justin Fields and you witnessed the RPO plays that they go into and you get excited when they go into the field, you're like, oh, here we go. They're going to start week one, and then they come right back out. Eddie, as a fantasy owner, how frustrating do you think that is? I mean, that's, that's got to be annoying. I only have one of these players across all six of my leagues, um, but they were a, a safety pick that I had picked late in the draft, um, and it was Justin Fields. I already had my quarterback situation figured out, but I think either way, it's kind of annoying because you don't – in terms of – in some of the leagues that we're in, once you have the rights to one quarterback, you have the rights to all the quarterbacks. Um so it's tough starting or picking a starter if that's what, the situation that you're in. Because um, mm. if you drafted Trey Lance or Justin Fields and then they come in and they get like six or seven points a game, um, but they, they haven't been listed as the starters or anything and you want to grab their backup or the actual starter for that team, well, they're not going to get you many points either because they're somewhat splitting reps with those two guys. So I think right. it's a little bit of a headache. It's a little bit of an issue looking back on it just because it's hard to decide what you want to go with in, in, in terms of what quarterback you want to start. So it really starts to creep into your mind. Like, should I just get another quarterback from another team? Should I trade away some assets to have a little bit more stability at my quarterback position? So, I mean, it, it's always a bad situation, no matter how you look at it. So. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, in one league, I do own Trey Lance. And in that league, it's a two-quarterback league where I drafted Lance, meaning I automatically get Jimmy Garoppolo, but we're only allowed two quarterbacks. So that, to me, is so frustrating because I mm-hmm. have to play Garoppolo. I can't drop Garoppolo because if I do that, then I lose the rights of Trey Lance. And it, it's just – I saw it. Uh, when they played the Lions, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Because Garoppolo, I think he threw a pick early. And then I saw Lance come in. I'm like, wow, that was fast. Got a touchdown. And then all of a sudden, Jimmy G comes right back in. I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah, it, I mean. It is a headache, man. It's it's a tough situation as a fantasy owner because it's like a piece of candy on your mm-hmm. team that you want to just take, grab, eat, and but you can't. Yeah, it, it was confusing because even it, you probably saw my messages. I had sent the messages in the group chat saying that Trey Lance was already in, um, but I was hopping back and forth between games, so I didn't really know what they were doing. I just thought they pulled Jimmy G because he had fumbled the ball in the very first snap of the offense. Okay, yeah. And next time I look at the game, Trey Lance is in. I was like, oh, Jimmy G's done. It's Trey Lance. And then obviously I think uh, Nate had messaged in, in one of the group chats saying that, they're playing them both. And I was like, Oh, I was like, that does not sound fun for whoever owns either of them. So, no. yeah. But it is going to be fun to see because I fully expect that they are going to start, especially oh, yeah. I Justin Fields 
I think you can agree that he'll be the first one to officially start between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is cool to see, though, because they were only in how many plays and both got a rushing touchdown. So you can already see the upside. Yeah. I mean, he scored both touchdowns. Justin Fields oh, scored. Fields. Oh, did he? I'm pretty sure he scored both. He ran in for one and he threw a touchdown for the other. I'm pretty certain. So, and those yeah, are the I, only I, points that they scored that game. So, well, there you go. Let hey, me take a look at it because I want to be 100% sure about it. Yeah. I mean, you got to get points to win. And if Justin Fields is the guy that's getting you points, it seems like Andy Dalton's leash is just getting shorter and shorter. Yeah. So uh, Justin Fields other- scored one. He scored one, one of their two touchdowns. So he was another guy. I watched Monday Night Football. He came in. I'm like, oh gosh, it's just like another Trey Lance thing. Mm-hmm. But he looked good. I mean, for the short sample size that we saw of both of them, you can see the upside. You can see the potential. So my advice: don't drop them. Don't trade them. Just wait. It, it might be tough if you even had a quarterback injury like Nate, who has Ryan Fitzpatrick and has Justin Fields. So we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go on. But, yeah, who do you think's got the bigger fantasy outlook between the two? Like, who do you think has the brightest future in terms of just fantasy in general? It's I mean, between, between those two guys, it is, it is tough. I think – Trey Lance has got a lot of weapons around him. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's something that could work out in his favor. He's got Debo. He's got Ayuk. He's got um, Kittle on that offense. Like those are, those are some serious weapons for him to be able to use. Um, But on the other hand, you go over to, to Chicago and and Fields has got himself some weapons. He's got a running partner in Montgomery. who's going to do really well, help them run that RPO or even that play action. Um, Just help him develop a little bit more. He's got Allen Robinson as a wide receiver threat. You know, other than that, there aren't very much weapons for him there. So he's pretty limited. Um, I think in terms of, keeping a defense on their toes. I think Justin Fields will do that a little bit more. I think he's got more of a fantasy upside like a Lamar Jackson where he can get you some yards on the on the run and he can get you some points. Um, but I think sustainably over the long run, I think Trey Lance has probably got you as a little bit more of a uh, more of a sure bet or more of a safer pick for me. So I would agree that Lance is probably the safer play uh, play just considering that the 49ers are only two years removed away from a Super Bowl bird. And uh, the weapons that San Francisco has. So it will be fun to see. I am a Buckeye fan, so I do like Justin Fields. I'm rooting for him. I do like Trey Lance. I have shares of both of them in multiple leagues. So it's going to be fun to see for sure. So with the next thing that we are going to talk about, the running back duos, are they back, Eddie? I think so. I mean, we 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 had a conversation a few days ago to do with JT and Naeem Hines after he got his extension. And the more I got to thinking about it, I'm like, there's a lot of duos out there in terms of running backs that are all productive for the most part, that they all work. Um, so I do think, that they're kind of making a resurgence. I think a lot of teams are noticing like, Hey, we can get, instead of getting a, 
a slot wide receiver um, that's decent, why don't we pick mm-hmm. up a running back who can catch the ball really well, but can also carry the ball just as well, have them in the slot, put them in the backfield, and you can use them as a weapon um, and then pair them up with your workhorse running back. Um, yeah. So I think I think they are making a resurgence. I think the duo backfields are going to be really big for the next, I don't know, five, six years in the NFL. So I do. What yeah, do you think? I, I, th- I, I agree. I think we see what the blueprint is and the high ceiling of a Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and what that can do for your team. I mean, Cleveland's a very run-heavy team, mm-hmm. but it works for them. It really works. And I think, you know, teams across the NFL are seeing the fact that, well, you know, once running backs get to that age 30, they don't want to pay them. Mm-hmm. So why not have two guys? Exactly. That way, that way you can, uh, 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 in a way, reduce the injury risk because running backs, I mean, they're, they're taking hits throughout the entire game. I agree, man. I, I You look at week one, uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. They they put up big oh. points, both of them together. Yeah. And it, Jonathan that, Taylor. Yeah, go ahead. That Jamal Williams, uh, call it a breakout game of sorts. Yeah. I was extremely yeah. surprised um, at how often they used him. I had him in one of my leagues at the flex spot, just thinking, okay, he's going to get me like, I don't know, 10 points or something along those lines. And I mean, he had himself a tremendous game and they used him a lot more than I would have ever expected of them. He had 23.25 points in that league for me. Um, He had nine carries for 54 yards and a touchdown. And then he had eight receptions for 56 yards. I mean, he was touching the ball everywhere it was. So I was extremely surprised um, at how much they actually used him. So I think as a fantasy outlook, that's truly exciting for that backfield because, you know, DeAndre Swift is going to carry the majority of the ball um, and he's going to do most of the most of the running. But having Jamal Williams is a really good backup uh, where he's going to he's going to get his touches is, is exciting for that backfield. So. Oh, for sure. I yeah. agree. Especially like another combo that was really good. Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Mm-hmm. It, Swift and Taylor are, are clearly the bell cow running backs. Yeah. Williams and Hines, considering that both the lions and the Colts don't have massive receiving threats. Those two running backs are almost a wide receiver two for that team. Yep. And they're running the ball. So it, it's definitely something that I think we're going to see a lot of this season. And I don't think it's going to slow down by any means necessary. So out of some of the ones that we just mentioned, Swift, Jamal Williams, Kareem Hunt, I'm going to take Kareem Hunt and Chubb out of this scenario because I think they're still the best running back duo that you can have. Yeah. Uh, but then we have Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray. Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. And as much as I, I don't like saying this, but Chase Edmonds and James Conner. That was surprising. They, that worked pretty well. It this was. Weekend as yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah, I agree. So out of those guys, which one would you love to have? The, the combo, the pair. If I'm going to go with any of them, just from what I've seen recently and just what happened this past weekend, I think Swift and Williams looks like a, a duo that's going to work really well for them. Um, 
And I think it's something that they will continue to kind of elaborate on a little bit more and, and really set the tone with those guys. So I think those are the guys that I really go after. Um, another one that's, I have two that I'd give honorable mentions to. Um, yeah. And this one's a brand new one. They just got together this past weekend. Um, and I, I think it worked out really well for them is Williams and Murray. Uh, obviously Tyson yeah. just got the starting job this past weekend and Murray just got the backup role this past weekend. Um, but if you, if you, if you look at the numbers with Murray, he literally just came to that offense. And I think he had 10 rushes. And he just got there. Um, so they're, if they're incorporating him this early, I can only imagine what it's going to look like halfway through the year when they find a way to game plan these two guys together. Um, yeah. That backfield with Lamar Jackson could look absolutely disgusting. They could be running pistol sets with both of the running backs back there. Tyson to Lamar's left, uh, Latavius to his right. They That backfield the possibilities for that backfield are endless. Um, so I think it'll work out really well for them. Yeah, I agree. And, and like you uh, mentioned with Swift and Jamal Williams, Nate actually owns both of them. Yes, so that's does. a great, mm-hmm. that's a great thing to have. Uh, Dakota owns Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. How important do you think it is to have both of them? Extremely important, especially if they're playing as well as they are now. And if they continue to keep playing well, you don't necessarily always need the backup or that second guy. So if your workhorse is still producing, that second piece is so important for trade value. Uh, Let's say Naeem Hines is having a tremendous year. He's averaging anywhere around 18, 19 points a game while JT still averaging 20 something points a game. It's not going to hurt you if you're not always starting Heinz. Let's say if you have another flex piece that you can start that's doing just as well in that spot. Um, it's a really good trade piece to try to be able to upgrade a different position. Um, so to me, it's I think it's extremely important to have that handcuff for your running backs. Um, so yeah. I think they did it right and they did it really well at, with getting with the handcuffs on there. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. And I, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to throw a sleeper uh, duo out there. And it almost shouldn't be a sleeper because the Saints have always been like this. But Alvin Kamara, and I believe his name is Tony Jones. Yeah, new guy. He's a, I believe he's a rookie or is his second year. Yeah. He, yeah. you know, the Saints just cut Latavius Murray. I know he wanted a contract extension, so they parted ways. That's the business of the game. But Tony Jones had 11 carries, 50 yards. I think he had a catch as well. Yeah, he had one catch. Mm-hmm. Kamara had 20 carries, 80 yards, uh, yeah. four four targets. So I think getting 33% be, of the share for him is not bad at no. all. Yeah. And with an emerging Jameis Winston, I mean, the Saints might be a better team than people think they are. And I think they're going to use <laughs> – I, I think it's going to be very similar with the Saints and with Tony Jones now. I think, yeah. you know, you saw it with Latavius Murray last year. Mm-hmm. You saw it whenever it was Kamara and Mark Ingram. Yeah, I mean, that Good. Saints that Saints offense has always had a strong one-two punch. And I, for mm-hmm. as long as I can remember, they've always had a really good one-two punch with their, with their running back. So I think, like you just said, I think they're going to continue down that path again with these guys. So it'll be really interesting. Saints – Opened my eyes tremendously this weekend, and Jameis absolutely balled out. So yeah, yeah, I think we'll that, talk a little bit backfield. about Jameis. Yeah, 
that backfield has got some some really good potential. Yeah, I agree 100%. Okay, so we're going to play a little game. And I believe ESPN does this. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. But it is the panic or patience. Meaning, are you panicking in terms of your team as a whole, a player? Or are you just going to wait, be patient, wait it out? Could be good if you be patient. Could kick you in the ass if you don't. So, Eddie, my question to you. Are you panicking or are you going to be patient with Saquon Barkley? You have to be patient. I mean, if you look at how much they ran him last week, just coming off of injury. I mean, they ran him 10 times, which I think to me, it's a positive sign. Now he only had 26 yards, obviously. He wasn't extremely productive. Um, but, you know, while watching the game and looking at it, I think he he looks solid. Um, he doesn't obviously look like Saquon pre-injury just yet. But I think with them rushing him about 10 times and and actually trying to get him involved into the offense uh, is a positive sign. So I'm going to be patient with him as long as I can be. Um, yeah. And I think it'll all work out hopefully for him. So, I mean, I was very skeptical on him coming into the season. I didn't have him ranked in the first round to get drafted just because of the injury, just didn't know what he was going to produce. Um, But when it came down to it and I had to turn and I had him right there, it was like, you know, I I had him valued in the second round and I had the turn. So I was like, it's either I get him now or I don't get him at all. And I didn't have him in any other one of my leagues. So I was like, I think I'm going to take it now and, and just see how it goes so i think i'm going to be patient with him yeah I, I would lean more towards being patient and but here's the thing too this was a big thing pre-draft everybody knew the risk of saquon with the injury that he had mm-hmm. last season that he's not going to be up to full speed week one maybe not even up until four or five weeks down the road yeah i mean so they I have think- close back-to-back games i mean they played obviously sunday and they play again thursday so his workload right. is going to be drastically reduced this week, and it's something I've, I've been expecting. But The talent's there for sure. Oh, yeah. So I think as the season progresses and if he does stay healthy, I don't think we'll see the Saquon that we saw rookie year, but I think we can get somewhere right around there. I agree. I would be a little bit patient. Yeah. No need to panic yet. Mm-hmm. So the next one, we're going to go over Nate's team. Yeah. Losing uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick on the IR. He just lost Jerry Judy. That was a big blow. Judy, oh, well, that was just, wow, that was weird. Did you just get an ESPN update too? That's so weird. Yeah. As soon as I talked about Jerry Judy, Judy's injury timeline. That's, wow. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. But, yeah, he just lost Jerry Judy, who I think was a receiver that was a big-time breakout candidate. Mm-hmm. especially with a Teddy Bridgewater who's very safe with his throws. Yeah. And Judy has always been known for a good route runner, but he could be out four or six weeks. So I'll ask you, with the injury of Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then you have to plug in Carson Wentz, who has his own injury history, mm-hmm. James Robinson, who only had five carries for 25 yards. Yeah. I mean, they threw the ball a lot. That offense true, true. threw the ball a lot. And I think if – I don't know if it was just they were trying to get Trevor Lawrence to to get a feel for the game or something, but I think I was looking at it. They threw like 50-something times, like 52 wow. times or something like that. Um, 
So, I mean, they're throwing the ball a ridiculous amount. So, yeah, yeah. That'll, be, that'll be interesting to watch. Right. So, with all those things said, are you panicking or are you patient if you are Nate? I think if you're Nate, I mean, you have to be patient. But knowing him, he's always very active in trades. Mm. So, I already know he's reaching out to half the league right now, most likely trying to figure out a good situation for him to upgrade because he's never complacent. Um, so... I think he, he has to be patient. It's really all he really has right now. Um, he's not a very much panic guy. So no, I think, I think he'll be fine. I think if he, if he finds the right moves, which he usually always does and, and figures things out, I think he'll be fine. I don't think there's any need to panic. Um, especially coming off such a close game Mm -hmm. with Dakota and him losing pretty much just because his quarterback got hurt but he has a right. decent backup, um, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll, it'll work out for him pretty well. So, Yeah, I I would have to agree. I would be a little worried if I was Nate, but he's got some pretty big pieces still, as in like a Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. uh, Tyson Williams, who looks like to be a RB1, RB2 type player, Cooper Cup with the new Matt Stafford. And like we mentioned before, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Yeah. Plus Lamar, I, I think he'll be fine. I think some of those are a little bit of a hit right now. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Nate's very active. And as some of the new guys that we are going to do fantasy with, you'll see he's going to make moves. He knows how to better his team. He's very – Scott actually told me the other day that myself and Nate are magicians when it comes to trades. <laughs> So, I mean, I expect Nate to make some moves. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. So, next one, and this is a player, Aaron Rodgers. Jacob owns him and his other quarterbacks to a tag of Viola with no third quarterback. With the dismal performance of Aaron Rodgers putting up a 1.32 points and a unproven to a tag of Viola. If you're Jacob, are you panicking? Or are you patient with your quarterback room? I think you have to be patient with Aaron. One. Yeah. Um, with Tua, that's a little bit of a different story. Unproven. It's hard to say whether he's going to stick around and actually produce at a high level. Um, we have seen Aaron Rodgers do it. He's done it for a long time. So I think this, this performance that he had was a one-off. Um, so I think he'll be fine it's good to be patient there at least with half of his quarterback room i do think he should kind of manage some of those pieces that he has um and try to to bring someone else in there that that's going to give him a little bit more consistency consistency at that position i mean overall his team to me is a uh, is a panic team yeah. he's got one really strong piece well, two really strong pieces, I would actually say, in Christian McCaffrey and Adam Thielen. I think Adam will always get you your points every week. And so will Christian. I think outside of that, it's a, it's a very big question mark. Austin Eckler mm-hmm. only had 11 points last week. Obviously, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Um, so I think there's overall a little bit of panic throughout his entire team that I think should should get 
hopefully try to get fixed or try to get some pieces in there to even it out a little bit, but it'll be, it'll be a little tough for him. But yeah, no. I am actually, if I'm Jacob, I'm panicking. Yeah. And I say that because Tua is an unproven player and he had a lot of question marks last season, whether he can be a capable starting quarterback and just base off of week one, he did play all right, but it is only week one. And with Aaron Rodgers, I do agree that you have to be somewhat patient with him. But I saw it the other day that I think it was a quote he said, well, you guys drafted my replacement, so start him. Yeah. So, a.k.a. Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. I think this – He played at the end of the game. Did he really? He was in. <laughs> but, yeah, well – yeah. I, they were down I, pretty I, big, but he Jordan Love did get some snaps in that game. So, well, I kind of puts more uh, fuel to my answer. I mean, we all saw the headache that was Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers through the contract extension. Is Aaron Rodgers getting traded? I think that's a mess. I think it's a disaster. I understand that you know Green Bay is still going to be a good team and. Maybe it was just a fluke that they got absolutely their asses kicked by the Saints. But on the same side, Aaron Rodgers has already shown that he doesn't want to play for Green Bay. And if he's already saying, play my backup, play my replacement, and the fact that you just said Jordan Love did get snaps, even though it wasn't washout, that's scary. And if I'm Jake... I'm picking up the best available quarterback on the waivers, whether that's the new starter, Tyler Heineke, Andy Dalton, or Jimmy Garoppolo. But I would also do this if I'm Jacob. We are allowed four quarterbacks, and in fact, the NES two. I would pick somebody up, and I am picking up Jordan Love now. Yeah. It's a, it's a good insurance play, and you never know. I mean, crazy things happen in the season. Aaron Rodgers actually might get traded. I'm not saying that that's a thing. I haven't heard anything about that. But I think that that is still a possibility. Mm -hmm. Devontae Adams, when they talked about a contract extension with him, he said, I am in no way, shape, or form ready to talk about that. Yeah. So if I'm Jake, I'm I'm definitely going to try to figure out my quarterback situation. But you don't want to move, like you mentioned, your big pieces out of it through McCaffrey. Yeah. McCaffrey might be the one player that is untradeable. To a degree, man. I, it just all really depends. I mean, if your team is hurting that bad, it's you got to be careful sure. with making certain individuals untradeable because it's just it's not going to really open up the trade market for you. That's something that I've had to learn over time. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Uh, obviously, that's the one guy that I think he'll try to hold on to. Just just to keep his team afloat, but it, I think it'll be tough for him to to really circulate any substantial trade that will benefit him at all without including some of those bigger pieces. So we'll see. Yeah, it's – we'll have to see. You're right. I, he yeah. loves Christian McCaffrey, so I highly doubt he'll, he'll move him. Yeah. But we will see. So one last one, and this is on my team. So with my first two picks, I drafted Derrick Henry and Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry had 10.7 points. Najee Harris had a 5.9 points. As your first two uh, overall picks, 
especially at the running back position. Eddie, should I be panicking or should I be patient? I'd be patient. I think uh, Derrick Henry, again, is, is one of those guys that I think can can just turn it up at any moment. Um, I think the team overall had a really rough game. Uh, they They didn't really get into a flow as I would have expected of them to get into. So I think they'll be fine. I think they'll, they'll find their rhythm. I think the same thing with Najee, that offense is going to be built to run around him. Yeah. I think it'll work. He's going to get his touches. Um, the concerning part is whether that O-line is going to be able to find some gaps for him to run um, mm-hmm. and give him the space that he needs. I mean, he had 16 touches, which to me, if you have 16 touches, you have to at least have close to 90 to 100 yards rushing. I mean, you're touching the ball so much. Um, and he didn't He didn't really even get close to that. He had 45 yards. But I think, again, I think you got to be patient with him. He's a rookie coming into the league. Um, the Steelers, again, are coming off of a, a, a horrible ending to last year's season. Mm-hmm. Didn't really work out for them at all. So I think they just have to find their rhythm. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll they'll – they'll work their way into it and, and, and be said. So I'd be patient with those two guys coming in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not too concerned about it. I know that Henry and Harris might not be big target guys in terms of catching. I mean, I think Harris can be, I know that was a big thing that, you know, the draft bio that he can catch the ball really well. So yeah. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, I would like to see a better performance. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But it's it's week one, and sometimes the game plan just calls for throwing the ball more. I know the I know the Titans were down um, for most of the game, and Derrick Henry's not a big receiving threat, so I'm not worried about it. Henry always puts up big points towards the end of the season. Yeah, that's just a thing with him. He'll go from running back ten all the way up to running back three. That's just the kind of guy he is. So cool. Yeah, and so, I actually do want to make a. A little yeah. bit of a altercation, alteration to this panic or patience thing. And it was actually a player that I panicked on before the season even started, um, yeah. before the regular season started. And he's actually a guy that you have on your team. Uh, I had sent some things in our other podcast that I just really wasn't sure about his production. He didn't have a great. Oh, I know you're going to. Yeah. I know he, he, didn't have a, he didn't have a great preseason. Um, had a lot of drops, looked super uncomfortable, and it was Jamar Chase. It was a guy that I panicked on before the season even started. Um, and he came out and proved me wrong. I should have known better. Being an LSU fan, him and Joe Burrow just have a connection, and I think he didn't really see much of Joe Burrow in the preseason, so it's a little tough for him to uh, to get acclimated. So I think – I think he's going to do great. I think he's going to work out really well. And I made the mistake of panicking. I had the chance to take him during the draft. I passed on him. Um, I contemplated taking him, but I passed on him. And I think it's a mistake that'll that'll follow me for the rest of the year. But kudos to yeah. you for for believing in that and, and and having some patience with him and actually bringing him in and and him performing. So, yeah, I mean, look, he. I wasn't really all too concerned about it. Preseason is preseason. Guys are going to – they're going to be rusty. He was a rookie. And, and he opted out the year before that. He right. didn't even play so, football for a year. So Yeah. I mean, he's going to be rusty. And I think week one proved that 
it's going to be the Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase show mm-hmm. in Cincinnati, 1,000%. I mean, he fell to me. I picked him 91 overall. I'm like, I got to take the upside here. It's just too hard to pass up. And I will say, Scott texted me yesterday, and he said, I cannot wait to rub it in Eddie's face about Jamar Chase. I know, man. It's I was super skeptical about Jamar Chase coming into the year. Just he didn't play football for a year. He had a uh, um, he had drop issues. I just really wasn't a hundred percent sold on him. But I mean, good whoever drafted Jamar Chase, good for you. Because I mean, he absolutely showed out. So yeah. I'm just gonna rename my team the LSU Tigers because I own Joe Joe Burrow, <laughs> Justin Jefferson. And Jamar Chase. All I need is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I'll be all good to and go. you're set. And you, you get yes, just a little sir. bit of Justin Jefferson in there, find a way. And listen, you've got the LSU Championship Tigers. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go over a few highlights of players, and it's going to be the quarterbacks that are new, that are new parts of their teams, mm-hmm. with one exception, but three guys that I want to talk about. Matt Stafford, Teddy Bridgewater, and Jameis Winston. Now, I know Winston's not technically a new quarterback on his team, but he's the new starter. He's finally taken over the reins. Mm -hmm. All three quarterbacks balled out. Matt Stafford, 24.34 points. Winston with a huge 29.62 points. And what's even crazier, he threw five touchdowns and only 148 yards. So – I. Read into that however you want. And then Teddy Bridgewater, I think he put up like 20 points as well. Yeah, Teddy did very well. Yeah. So of all those three quarterbacks, who would, who are you the most excited about going for like the whole season? I think I, – I mean, I have to say Winston. That's yeah. That's was, the performance he put up with only throwing 148 passing yards. Extremely efficient. Throwing yeah. five touchdowns and zero interceptions, zero turnovers in general. Well, I think yeah. what that offense is capable of is extremely exciting to me. So I'm excited to see what he does for the remainder of the year. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, you just said it. Five touchdowns, no fumbles, no picks. And that was always the thing about Jameis Winston, turnovers. Mm-hmm. And he had none. Zero. And I think, I think we're about to see the – the Jameis Winston that was drafted number one overall. Yeah. I think in Tampa with the Bruce Arians, who's such a gunslinger type mentality coach, Winston himself is a gunslinger. I don't think Arians knew exactly how to, what do you want to say? Use Winston appropriately. He just used Winston for what he was good at. That's throwing the ball deep, but he never really sustained the proper place for him to actually be successful on it. He just threw the ball deep all the time wasn't yeah. setting up anything underneath for him to be able to get those big shots. So there's no, no run game actually introduced. And I think having Alvin Kamara in, on that offense is huge for Winston because now teams yeah, have yeah. to, they have to be generous that they, they can't, they can't sit there and guard the deep third the entire time and push everyone back because they don't have a run game. Now they do. They, they have to be able to put, at least seven guys in the box, six to seven guys in that box to be able to make up for Camara. 
but they also have to be careful with the deep ball for Winston. So I think it works out really well for him. Play action, I think, is going to be huge for Winston this year. Um, yeah. I think you'll see a lot of his touchdowns come from play action plays, fake the handoff to Kamara, dump it over the safety up top, and everyone's taking off. So, Yeah, I saw that deep throw, uh, deep ball he threw to uh, Deontay Harris. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Here we Beautiful. go. And I'll tell you what, man, if Michael Thomas does come back, that's even a bigger piece. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm definitely I'm definitely interested in what the Saints are going to do this season without without I'm just I'm excited and I own them. So It'll we'll be see exciting. how that goes. Yeah. I'm playing them over Joe Burrow. It might be a big mistake. It might bite me in the ass, but after that performance, how can you not play James Swinston? So we're going to wrap it up here in a little bit, but we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, of course, I don't have Wi-Fi. Oh, here we go. Okay. So with week two, we have – oh, this is stupid. Just so you guys know, me and Eddie are going to be really lax with this whole thing, so don't mind me. Is it allowing you to, like, look at the matchups? Because I'm still, like, on week one. Yeah, it allows me to look at them. I need to write these down. I think. All right. You want to read them out? Um. Yep. Sorry, so, guys. matchup one, we have Todd versus myself. I'm just showing up at the top. Uh, projected scores right now are Todd 148.4 to my 136.1. Um, next, we have your matchup versus Sean. This is projected to be an extremely close matchup with you projected to score 143.3 points. And Sean is projected to score 142.3 points. Um, so that'll be an exciting one to look forward to. Uh, next, we have Nick versus Sherv. Nick is projected 137.9 points. And uh, Sherv is projected 130.5. Uh, moving on down to our final three matchups, we have Dylan versus Dakota. Dylan is projected a measly 129.1 points to Dakota's 143.1 points. Next, we have Nate projected at 138.4 points versus Dylan, who is projected 143.1 points. And then finally, closing it out, we have Scott projected 145.9 versus Jacob projected at 144.7. Oh yeah, that's close. I'm looking at it yeah. now. I finally yeah. found it. Um, cool. Yeah. What matchup I, are you looking forward to seeing? I think mentioned above, I think it's your matchup versus Sean. I think it'll be a super interesting matchup. We'll have to see if Najee and Derek Henry can kind of get back on a roll and, and keep things going. Um, if they can do that, I think it'll work out very well for you. You you have a tough matchup with Ezekiel Elliott and Josh Jacobs, who both respectively did not have the greatest uh, fantasy showouts, especially Elliott. Jacobs did pretty decent. He had 17 points. But Ezekiel Elliott last week had a 5.9 fantasy Yeesh. points. So I think yeah. it'll be uh, whoever's running backs score the most will win, I think. I think the rest of your team is pretty solid from the top to the bottom. Same thing with Sean, but the running backs are a really big question mark. So I think whoever's running back core 
does the best is is going to end up coming up top about yourself yeah yeah i would agree to that um i think that is going to be pretty close and if odell beckham's able to play i think depending on how much he plays that could be a big thing for sean i would have mm-hmm. to say the other close matchup and that's between scott and jacob uh scott's got two really big pieces in Kamara and Calvin Ridley mm-hmm. plus a Calvin Ridley that's playing a Tampa Bay defense who just lost their what two starting corners yep and they gave up uh 38 points fantasy points to Amari Cooper so yeah I mean yeah. I I think if you're Scott you are uh expecting a huge performance from Calvin Ridley and if he doesn't I think that could really hurt him in this matchup and i'm curious to see if with jacob's team if aaron Rodgers, if that was just a fluke and everything i said about him panicking just goes down the shitter mm-hmm. that'd be kind of interesting to see maybe eckler will bounce back i'm definitely looking forward to that because they both have they they have two maybe three each big pieces and i think whoever of the pair or trio of them have the bigger games and i think that will determine who does win this matchup 100 so yeah it'll be interesting to see so without further ado do you want to make any predictions uh i do think okay I'll, I'll start from the top work my way down go for it, go for uh, it. so the very first matchup between todd and myself um I have Todd coming out on this one. I think I, I still have some question marks at my running back with Saquon. I don't think he'll he'll be receiving as many of the uh, of the touches this upcoming week just because he's trying to get back acclimated. Um, and with his backfield, Aaron Jones, he obviously he didn't have a great week last week either. Um, but I think just from the top to bottom, his team's a little bit more consistent in terms of points. So I think he's pulling up on that one. What do you have for that matchup? I would have to pick my dad or Todd as well. I think, like you said, I mean, with Saquon Barkley still not going to get the volume that, uh, you know, he used to have, that could hurt you a little bit. I mean, Will Fuller does come back today or not today, geez, uh, the next week. week, So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that'd be kind of interesting to see. Technically, he actually does come back today because the suspension ended today. Oh, so you're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And like you said, I mean, Aaron Jones didn't have a big uh, game, but no Green Bay Packer did Mm. at all. And they're playing the Detroit Lions who Jimmy Garoppolo apps and they just lost Jeffrey Akuda for the whole season. So I think right now, just how his team is shaped versus yours, I think I would have to pick him. I agree. All right. Moving on down to our next matchup between yourself and Sean. I actually have Sean coming out on this one. Um, I don't expect Ezekiel Elliott to have another horrible performance like he did the first week. I mean, he's got Russell Wilson, Josh Jacobs, McLaurin. I know there were some question marks with Jacobs. He had left the game and then he came back. Um, But I think he'll be fine. I think he'll do his thing. You know, the biggest question mark on his lineup is obviously OBJ, whether OBJ is going to play or not. but I do expect his team from top to bottom to perform really well. So I actually have him coming out on this one. What do you have? I actually have to agree with you. Um, 
But I will say if Odo Beckham does not play, then I totally change my mind and mm-hmm. I'm picking myself. But I'm going to act as Odo is going to play. And I'm looking at his uh, three wide receivers, Terry McLaurin against the Giants, Odo Beckham against Houston, and Mike Williams against Dallas, where all three of those defenses, horrible. the pass defense is not very good. So I think if all three of those guys perform the way they should, mm-hmm. I think it will overpower my team. I think it's going to be close. Don't get me wrong, but I would have to also pick Sean on this one. Yeah, it'll be a close one. It'll be a good one, but I agree. I agree on that, yeah. All right, moving down to our next matchup, we have Nick versus Sherv. Uh, this one was uh, a li- originally a little bit of a toss-up for me, but really looking at it, at it, I think Nick will come out on top on this one. Obviously, Sherv's team performed tremendous last week. Um, I'm not sure that it'll perform as equally as tremendous coming in as this following week because it's a big act to follow. Um, so I, I do expect Nick's team to kind of pull out on this. You know, the only question mark that I really have on his team is Clyde. He only had 10 points this past week, didn't really do too much. Um, and then obviously uh, Everett at the tight end, only reason he had 10 points is because he had a touchdown last week, kind of touchdown dependent. He only had two targets and one of them was a touchdown. So we'll see how that rolls for him. But, but I do have uh, Nick coming out on this one. His quarterback tandem is, is extremely strong. So, Yeah, I was just going to say that. I mean, if Sherv doesn't put in uh, Cousins in his super flex lead or super flex spot, I don't know if he's going to be able to compete with the combo of Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. And like like you mentioned, David Montgomery looks like he's still a really solid player. Clyde edwards helaire does kind of make me a little nervous, but I expect him to actually get a little bit more receiving targets in this game playing Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would have to pick uh, Nick on this one as well. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. All right, and then to the next one, we have Dylan versus uh, Dakota. I think this is the easiest choice, uh, Dakota, easily. I think it's just his team from top to bottom. It's just more consistent. It's really all I got to say on that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to agree with every pick you got, but it's kind of – it's 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 tough to go against that. Pat Mahomes, Matt Ryan, who, like we said, I mean, Tampa's secondary is a little hurt at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see, even though Matt Ryan didn't have a good game, um, I think he'll have a better game this this week coming up. Yeah. DK DK Metcalf, Robert Woods. I will say, though, Jonathan Taylor, he is playing the Rams. So that will be really interesting to see mm-hmm. if he can. <laughs> yeah. That, that Rams defense. defense is, oh, my God. Ramsey. I watched, I was sitting there for. I was watching the game and out of nowhere for like maybe like four or five plays in a row, like Ramsey was there. Like he was the guy doing something. Um, and he was just playing insane. Uh, that entire team was just playing really well uh, in terms of defense. So it'll definitely be interesting to see. I think they'll incorporate Naeem Hines a little bit more this week just to spread out the the defense and try to try to make sure that they can run the ball with JT. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. All right. Going to our second to last matchup, we have Nate versus uh, Dylan. Uh, obviously, Nate's biggest question mark is just whether his quarterbacks are going to perform. Obviously, Carson Wentz did pretty solid last week. So did Lamar Jackson. Um, and obviously, with him losing some of those pieces, 
with some injuries and, and different things like that. I, I hope for him to have a, a good week, but I think Dylan, just in terms of what he has on his side, he's got Gibson, Carson, Tyree Kill, Keenan Allen, uh, Miles Gaskins, and then Corey Davis, who's emerged as the top receiver and for the Jets. I think it's going to be a tough week for, for Nate, but I, I do have Dylan pulling out on this one. I got to agree with you again. I'm really not trying to do this on purpose, but like you said, I mean, Dylan's team, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, that's a, I mean, Keenan Allen against Dallas, that's, that's going to yeah, be big. I mean, yeah. Tyreek Hill against a, ter- just so many injuries with the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. That's going to be tough. Corey Davis looks like, he, I was, I was really high on Corey Davis uh, this season. Yeah. And it looks like he's going to still get a lot of targets. So I'm going to have to pick Dylan on this one too. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of these matchups is just, you know, in terms of injuries and stuff like that, they're a little right. easier to predict than others, but you know, we'll see. Um, yeah. And then our final matchup, we got Scott versus Jacob. Scott is currently the favorite by 1.2 points uh, currently. Yeah. So this one's a little bit of a tougher one for me. I'm actually going to go with Jacob here. I think Aaron Rodgers has a solid week coming back. I don't think he's going to repeat that week one performance. Uh, his running backs with Christian McCaffrey and Eckler. I think Eckler will kind of bounce back a little bit. Um, I think Jacob has to hope for a, a few bounce backs. You know, Mike Evans didn't have a great week. Uh, Rodgers had a horrible week. Eckler didn't have as much of a great week. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, I think, finished with a goose egg. He was questionable. Yeah. Um but I think I think if his team stays healthy this week and everyone plays how they should, I think he he can come out with a W on this one. Uh, this is the one where I'm gonna have to uh, disagree. I think Scott's gonna pull this one out. It's gonna be stupid close. I think this is really gonna come down to it. Both quarterbacks, Herbert and Rogers, they're they're playing against terrible defenses, so I expect their numbers to be relatively around the same. Uh, Kamara and McCaffrey, probably the two best. Well, they're they're squaring up against each other. That's that's cool. Uh, I think McCaffrey is going to probably get more points, but Kamara is also going to get his. And mm-hmm. like I mentioned earlier, Calvin Ridley against a hurt Tampa secondary. I think Calvin Ridley is going to – he was pulling out a show mm-hmm. in the beginning of the game. And then for whatever reason, he – just wasn't getting targeted. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I, and, and Jalen Hurts against San Francisco. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, I know that uh, uh, Jared Goff was doing a lot of garbage time, and I know San Francisco just kind of, like, laxed on their defense a little bit. But that could also be saying a little bit more that, hey, maybe San Fran's defense isn't what it used to be. And Hertz had a pretty big game week one. Actually, a really it was big a solid game. game. Had a very solid game. No interceptions, three touchdowns. He had twenty-eight point yeah. seven six points. So, and I wasn't even high on him uh, pre-draft. I was like, I don't really want anything to do with Jalen Hurts. They just traded for Garner Minshew. There's been this question mark: Is he going to be the starter? And I was just kind of turned off on Jalen Hurts. I agree. I, I mean, but I was he, in the he, same boat. Yeah, he proved me wrong. So. Yeah. We'll see how he how he does. I mean, it's hard for me to root for that guy, right? Because he's right. an Eagles, 
he's on the Eagles, but just as a person, he's super easy to root for. I mean, I'm the same way with Dak Prescott. I mean, I love Dak Prescott as a person. As a yeah. as a cowboy, I hate him. But as a person, right. he's I mean, it's it's hard to root against these guys. So I hope uh, Jalen Hurts does well and he continues to do well for the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that's the same thing with me and Lamar Jackson. I mean, I hate 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 Baltimore, but you got to appreciate what you do yeah. see in Lamar. I mean, the yeah. talents. It's hard just, to hate Lamar. It's, yeah, it's too much. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, yeah. that was our first ever podcast. We will continue to do this, and if anybody wants to be a guest, please let myself or Eddie know, and we'll try to work everybody in as much as we can. So, but with that being said, thank you, Eddie, for doing this with me. Yeah, of course. Um, looking forward to the rest of the season, and just kind of bullshitting and talking about fantasy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was a pleasure. And again, thank you everyone for tuning in. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that was the first episode of the Weekend Warriors podcast. So we will catch y'all next week. Cool. See you later, guys.